Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is a John Chuckery Show. Live on this Wednesday evening with you is, man, we get ready for Georgia fall camp to open up tomorrow. And uh, obviously, lots of expectations. Certainly the number one team in America, and we'll see if they can go for three national championships in a row. Rarified air, obviously, in that uh, instance. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Jonathan Williams, writer for Dogs Daily. You can uh, check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Dr. Underscore J. Will. Jonathan, as always, buddy, appreciate uh, a few minutes on the show. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, and as always, I appreciate you for having me on again. So let's talk about uh, what Kirby Smart had to say. I thought it was interesting. You know, he talked about lots of open positions that are going to be available. What's maybe the most intriguing? And, and I, I'm going to take away quarterback because, again, I know it, I know he'll tell you that it's an open competition, but I'm going to take away the quarterback position. What do you think is the next most um, interesting competition battle that's going to take place this fall? I think the most interesting one is probably that opposite cornerback side, Kamari Lasseter. It's been an ongoing battle, you know, kind of got to get some looks at several guys throughout the spring, but now you head into fall camp, you got 24, 25 practices until the season starts. So you really want to hone in on that and figure out who your guy is going to be. It looks like Dalen Everett and Nyland Green are going to be the front runners to land that spot. And I think both of those players are interesting because both were highly touted touted recruits coming out of high school, yet they've stuck around on this depth chart. You know, they could go and start at – a lot of other colleges, they could seek opportunities somewhere else, but for some reason, they have decided to stick it out at Georgia behind guys like Keely Ringo, Kamari Lasseter. And so I'm interested to see who comes out on top between those two guys. I think both are really good options, so you can't really go wrong with one or the other. But I'm interested to see if Nyland Green's going to beat out Dalen Everett or vice versa. Is there a position on the field that maybe is not being talked about enough that's going to be a competition? I mean, is there somewhere that we're kind of glossing over about what could really be a competition for a, a you know, maybe a key spot? I think, honestly, you could look over at a wide receiver at the X position because they brought in Rob Rob Thomas, and I know it's an X position, but even Dominic Lovett as well, just wide receiver in general, but more specifically out on the outside. Marcus Rossini Jackson has been the guy that's kind of developed and he's kind of gotten himself into that role over the past couple of seasons. I thought he was great for Georgia last year. He came up big on third downs and some big crucial situations. But you bring in Ra Ra Thomas now, you get some young cats from the freshman class like Yazid Haynes and Anthony Evans that could maybe give you some run there. But there's just so many options that Georgia has to work with that wide receiver this year. So I'm really interested to see 
like how they rotate in with Robert Thomas and Marcus or Simi Jack Saint, and who's going to get more burn there this season or how are they going to rotate that um, position it specifically? Jonathan Williams joining me from Dogs Daily as we get ready for Georgia fall camp coming up here starting up tomorrow. Um, I know Kirby, the other thing that he talked about is what he's looking for out of the quarterback position and this, that, and the other. And we obviously think that Carson Beck is the leader in the clubhouse. My question is this. With Mike Bobo, with Kirby Smart, with Beck's experience, how much do you think that they open up the offense for their quarterback this year? How much, how aggressive do you think that they're going to be with their quarterbacks and, and allow them to use all of the weapons that they have? I mean, will this be kit gloves or will they turn some of their quarterback, you know, turn their quarterback loose a little bit? Oh, I think they'll definitely turn them loose. I think you saw that in the spring game with Carson Beck. You know, the entire first half, Carson Beck got to run with the ones on offense. The entire first half. And then Brock Vandergriff and Gunnar Stockton got the rest of it. They kind of split reps with the ones in the second half. But during that time, in the first half, when Carson Beck was the starter, essentially, for that game, I mean, the offense was wide open for him. He wasn't just kind of throwing to one side of the field or they weren't really keeping things close to the vest. It seems like the offense was essentially full open for what a spring game could offer you offensively. So whoever they go with, they're going to keep it open. And I don't think you would want to keep it closed this year because you get one more year of Brock Bowers, arguably one of the best players in college football. So I think they're just going to open it wide open. They're going to keep it wide open. They're going to kind of run with what they did last year with Todd Monkey, but obviously with Mike Bobo's flavor on some things. But, yeah, whoever is going to be the quarterback, what it looks like it's going to be Carson. It's going to be all gas, no breaks. And, and is this sort of an evolution of Kirby Smart? I mean, you know, the, the, the example that was always used is that Nick Saban was a guy who, you know, was just power run football, um, didn't really get, you know, too creative or too crazy in the passing game. And then Lane Kiffin comes in. And now they're the huck it around team. And, and look, they've they've had some of the best quarterbacks and wide receivers really in the history of the program. Um, and they've been a very throw friendly kind of offense. Is this the evolution that Kirby Smart is now getting into where he's going to trust his quarterbacks and trust his coordinators to really open up their offense much more? Yeah, I think it's absolutely very similar to that case. You get like Lane Kiffin, like you said, when he came into Alabama, even Steve Sarkeesian, when he came in there, that kind of seemed like Alabama switching to another type of offensive style. And I think that's what you're seeing with what when Georgia brought in Todd Munkin, you bring in an NFL guy like that with so much offensive, offensive experience like Munkin has. And yeah, you're doing that to implement his style of offense. And you can keep doing that with um, Mike Bobo. You can kind of continue that success that you had last year. But I think it can only go so far. I think that's kind of what is interesting about Alabama this year is you were able to kind of keep the offense going last year, but now that you have Tommy Reese as your offensive coordinator, I don't know that you can just keep doing what you've been doing for the past couple of years. So this year you can do it with Mike Bobo, and as long as Mike Bobo wants to stay in Athens, you can keep going on those same offensive intangibles that you built on over the past three years under Munkin. But then after that, that's where things get interesting. I don't think you can just kind of keep the momentum going like you have. You kind of have to reinvent yourself just a little bit more. With as good as this offensive line is, and they may be the – they may end up being the Joe Moore winner when all is said and done. Do you think that Kirby leans a, a bit, you know, on that running game, or do you think that they stick with the plan of, hey, let's open this thing up, let's get it to Brock Bowers, let's get it to our wide receivers? Because again, the temptation for probably a guy like Kirby Smart is, hey, listen, we can win most of these games running the football and playing the defense, you know, that we can. We're not probably going to get into too many shootouts with this team. I think it really has to do a lot with who your opponent is. You know, like last year when they went 
to Kentucky. The weather that um, weekend was really cold. It was really windy. So then in those games, yeah, you have to rely on your run game more. But then also when you go into a game like against Tennessee, you come out blazing hot and you just putting points on top of their head before they can even blink. And all of a sudden it's a 24 point football game before the half even starts. So I think it really just depends on the situation of the game, the opponent, where you think the defense's weaknesses and strengths are. And I think that's kind of what's helped Georgia get into this offensive success is that they have been able to be multiple on offense. They're not necessarily just a run style offense. They're not necessarily just air rating it out. They're able to balance themselves out and do what they think is best in the current situation that they are in to make themselves the, the most powerful offense in that scenario. So I think it'll be a little bit mix of both. But for the most part, I think it's still going to be a higher percentage of throws as opposed to on the run game like it was last year. Jonathan Williams from Dogs Daily joining me on the WadeFord.com hotline. Who do you think at the end of the day is going to be the glamour guy on defense? I mean, who do you think is going to be that next guy that everybody points to and says, well, that's either – you know, the next first-round pick or the next number one overall pick, who's that guy going to be on this defense, do you think, this year? Man, I think you could go with several options. There's so many good players on that defense. Kamari Lasseter, Javon Ballard, Malachi Starks, even though he's just going to be a, a sophomore this year, I think he's definitely one. Michael Williams, if he continues to build upon what he did last year, that's another guy. But I would go and say, I'm going to go with the linebacker spot. I'm going to say Samal Mondon. You know, everybody um, really kind of hones in right now on Jamon Dumas Johnson. Jamon Dumas Johnson is a phenomenal football player. He's absolutely someone that could win the Buckets Award by the end of the year. But Samal Mondon is just that – it's like it's kind of like how you talk about the modern style of tight ends. That's what Samal Mondon is for the linebacker position, those freaky, long, athletic guys that NFL organizations just love and glamour over. And I think he's built to last and play on Sundays. And so I think Samal Mondon could really build into – a spectacular season this year and really launch himself up the NFL draft boards. How, uh, and I, pardon me for not following it as closely as I should, but how good is their special teams this year? How how are they in the punting game, kicking game, return game? How good's the special teams for this team? Well, Brett Thorson showed out when he needed to. You know, they didn't punt a whole lot last year, and he kind of yeah. has this running joke where everybody is his friend but Stetson Bennett because he never got to get on the field a whole lot. So you got a great punter in Brett Thorson. The kicking position, that's another position battle that you can kind of throw in there with Jack Podlesny no longer with the football team. So there's a question there. But the return game, he had a lot of options. Makai Muse was a G-Day standout this year. He's definitely someone that they could utilize in the kick return game. Lam McConkey has kind of been their go-to guy. But Kirby Smart has always kind of um, – stood on the grounds of that special teams are just as important as anything else. And you hear the term special teams warriors on their team. Nylon Green, a former five-star, has really seen most of his reps on special teams the last couple of years. So they're going to be good on special teams. I don't think you really ever have to worry about that because Georgia does have such a surplus of talent that you do have to get guys on the field. And so special teams is where a lot of the times they're going to end up getting their playing time. Jonathan, um, you know, it's funny to say, you know, are there any weaknesses for, you know, the two-time defending national champion going to be preseason number one in the nation and going to run the table in the regular season and be 12-0 and going into the SEC championship game? Are there any flaws or weaknesses? But are there any flaws or weaknesses on this Georgia team? I don't know if you could even classify it as a flaw or a weakness, but I would say it's all about the interior defensive line. The old saying of games are decided in the trenches, that still holds true in today's um, era of college football and any football in general. And so when you lose someone like Jalen Carter, it's all about who's going to step up next. 
Nazir Stackhouse, he could very well be that guy for them. Zion Logan's another guy that's an interior defensive line that's an upperclassman who will need to step up this year. Jordan Hall is a freshman. Kristen Miller is another guy that's going into his second year at Georgia. He could be a, he could play a pivotal role for Georgia this year. So they have all the talent like at any other position. They have the talent to do so. They have the players. They have the depth. It's just a matter of who is going to step up and how good are they. There's people that say Nazir Stackhouse has first-round potential, and that is his ceiling, and that's what they think he is going to turn into this year. But it's just a matter of if he is actually going to do that. Last question, Jonathan. So uh, let's say Carson Beck, just just for argument's sake, say things don't work out well and, and he doesn't necessarily play well. You think Kirby's got a quick hook for a guy like that who's been with the program for a while? He's he's never been a knee jerk kind of you know coach when he, even it comes to the quarterback position. You think he's got a pretty long leash if things don't go well and he can work himself out of it, or do you think that with Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton that they will turn to one of those guys pretty quickly? Well, I think that's definitely something they could find out over these next twenty five practices. Is you want to find out who your QB1 is, but you also want to find out who your next guy is. Is it going to be Gunnar Stockton? Is it going to be Brock Vandegrift? So if you find out that the number two guy is really pushing the number one guy and it's really not that much of – it's not that far of a distance between one or the other, then maybe the leash is a little bit shorter. But I do ultimately think that whoever they go with, they're going to stick with their guy for the most part until their hand is forced, until they feel like they have to make another decision and they have to put someone else in there. Kirby Smart hasn't really done that over his career. You know, he got a lot of criticism for sticking with Stetson throughout the 2020 season. And then even in 2021, when JT Daniels was sitting on the bench after his injury. So I think ultimately they're going to ride with their decision and they're going to stick with whatever decision they think is best for their football team. So I really don't see much of a change happening at quarterback unless, like I said, you just have to at that point, like your hand is forced. Jonathan Williams, he covers the Georgia Bulldogs for Dogs Daily. You can check him out on his personal Twitter page, at Dr. underscore J. Will, and he joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Jonathan, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show. We will certainly chat again soon here as we get into fall camp. All right, man, sounds good. Take, take care. You got it. John Chuck, we will be back. Sports Radio, 19 on the game, odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.